You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Last time on Wednesday night, we began to talk about praying. Um, we began to talk about interceding. And so I want to um, I, I want to review just a little bit. I want to start at Ezekiel chapter 22. Verses 30 and 31. Hallelujah. we got to save enough time so we can pray. Because one of the things I told you is I, I remember God going to all these prayer conferences. And so they taught and they taught and they taught and they taught. And they said, we'll pray tomorrow. And then by the end of the week, we never prayed. Not one. I mean, everybody taught. So we're, but I believe in the power of prayer. Do you? Yeah. Amen. And so intercession is to approach the king on behalf of someone who doesn't have any stance. That's the legal term. So when I intercede, and so the Bible talks about intercession. It's um, a New Testament thing, and it's an Old Testament thing. And so we left off talking about how God said, um, if I'm going to have to do this thing with Sodom and Gomorrah, i got to go by and check in with my friend Abram. And Abraham, uh, he did what uh, he should have done, and he began to pray. And we saw him ask the Lord. Remember, he started, Lord, if you can find 50 righteous, will you spare it? Remember, he said, 50 righteous, can you spare it? And the Lord said, I'll, I'll spare it for 50 righteous. Do you remember? And then I said this. I said, I believe this is where auctioneering began. And so then he said, well, if, I, if you can give me 45. And he said, who'll give me 45? And he said, you can't find 45. Who'll give me 40? Who'll give me 40? Who'll give me 40? Who'll give me 30, 30, 30, 30 going? And then he got down to 20. And then uh, I think he got, did he get down to 10? I don't remember. But he got, he got down to 10, and then, and then he knew there weren't 10. Because Lot wasn't even living righteous. But he called him righteous later. That's interesting. But how many of you know, I really believe, this is not scripture, but I really believe. He said, Lord, can you spare it so Lot doesn't have to move back in with me? <laughs> Listen, I've watched this as a pastor. I've watched mom and dads who have authority who have a place in God, who walk with God. I've watched God spare adult children for, their, for mom and dad's sake. You should be really grateful um, when you hang out with people who know how to pray, who know how to believe God. Because there's a lot of times when people aren't in position to get what they need. They need other people. You know, I, I, I don't know. I was talking, I think I was talking to Pastor Belinda today about it. You know, one of the things about Pastor Ron and I, you know, when, if we're going, if I'm going through something, you're probably going to know about it. Because I'm not concerned about your confession. Because people are concerned, well, if I tell everybody what I'm going on, they're going to have a wrong confession. Your wrong confession is not going to affect me. My, my confession, my words control my life. What you say about me don't control my life. But I, hopefully we've taught enough people how to pray. I do believe in, in corporate prayer, and I do believe people getting together and praying. I believe that changes things. Now, ultimately, you're responsible for your own faith walk, right? And, and so, but here, God gave um, Abraham a chance to spare Lot, and he did anyway. He spared Lot. Lot got out, remember? His wife and his uh, daughters were supposed to get out, but his wife turned around. And uh, you know the account. But, but you see there how God in his mercy, even sin has to be judged. 
Old Testament, New Testament, that hasn't changed. But if, if it's all about someone who will intercede, who will stand in the gap. Now, you know, I know a lot of people say, I've heard them say it. You know, if the Lord don't judge the United States of America, then he, owns, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Well, that's Old Covenant, and I'm going to show you some things. And yet, um, since we have some written word, we know how to pray and intercede. God's not looking to destroy. God's never sent anyone to hell. Oh, yes. No, he's never sent anybody. Their choice has sent them. But he doesn't send. He's good. He's made a way. I mean, he even said, if you can look up into the you can look up into the sky and see there's a God. So you're without excuse. Well, Pastor Mark, what about you know, I don't know how I'm getting here. I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, how, how is it, you know, how can you defend uh, creationism? That God, you know, God said. Well, even their little theory, what's, the, what's it called? That Big Bang theory? It's a theory. And they believe out of nowhere a bang happened. So I agree with them. I believe in the Big Bang theory. I do. God said, bang. <laughs> anyway, I... I, I believe, you know, one of the things about the creation of man, it seems as though God can't do anything until somebody on the earth asks. People misunderstand the sovereignty of God and believe that he's in charge of everything and everything that goes on the earth. Well, if he's in charge of the earth right now, he's not doing a really good job. I know that scared some of you. But why would Jesus have to pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Come on, we can get every Christian to believe. Is there anything bad going on in heaven? Is there any sickness up there? Any disease? Gun problems? Racial divides? No? All the neighbors are getting along. They don't even need a HOA. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, so, um, praise the Lord. Why? Because God's totally in charge there. God's totally in charge there. Even Jesus, when he came to the earth, he called Satan the prince of the power of the air. The apostle Paul called him in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world. So even though you, Jesus came to the earth, the devil's still here. And that's why God's looking for somebody who will intercede. Somebody will stand in the gap. Now, the, the supreme, Jesus ultimately stood in the gap. But let's look at this. I said we were going here, didn't I? Ezekiel twenty two thirty. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it, that I should not destroy it. He didn't want to destroy it. He said, but I found none. Therefore, I poured out my indignation upon them because sin has a, it calls out for judgment. I have consumed them with my fire and my wrath. Their own way I have recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord God. Job even said this, Job 9, 32 and 33. For um, he is not a man as I am that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman. 
He's, he, betwixt, I don't have a go-between that might lay his hand upon both of us. In other words, Job was saying, I, you know, I, I realize I'm out of my league. I realize I'm out of my class here. But I, there's got to be somebody that can put a hand on you and put a hand on me and pull us together. Well, we all know who that is. It's found in Isaiah chapter 59, verse number 16. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 16. Isaiah prophesying forward about Jesus. Isaiah 59 and 16, it says, And he saw that there was no man and wondered that, the, that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. So he was looking for a man. So God sent a man, and his name is Jesus. And he sent Jesus to put one hand on him and one hand on humanity and pull us together. Amen. And now he doesn't have, he, he still, Jesus still has that office. Romans 8, 34 says, who is the condemned? Is it Christ that died? Yea, rather this risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who lives to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7, 25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost, we're just reviewing, the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession. What is an intercessor? An intercessor is a go-between. Someone who approaches the king on on behalf of someone who doesn't have a standing. And then he says um, in Isaiah 53, 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his own soul unto death, talking about Jesus, and he was numbered with the transgressors, talking about Jesus, and he bare the sin of many, talking about Jesus, and he made intercession for the transgressors. So this is the deal. Intercession is something that um, is important to understand, and it's important to realize that you and I, it seems as though God can't do anything until we pray. Well, there is in the United States of America, even in Madison and Huntsville, Alabama, maybe you call this the uh, buckle of the Bible belt, but people are moving all in here. And with the statistics that I see from Barna, it tells me that there are more people not born again than there are born again. That's a real problem. Not only does that affect a nation, because as a whole, righteousness is not seated. As a whole, that doesn't have to be just one person, y'all. If the church would rise up and the righteous would take their seat at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, things would change. And so this is the deal, though, that... Um, the lost, if it's anywhere from, depending on the statistics, anywhere from 40 to 60% of the people of the United States of America are not, do not claim to be born again. The one I saw was only 29% claim to be born again. That means 71% say that they don't know Jesus the Savior. They've never made him the Lord of their life. It doesn't mean, and then it jumps up when they say, I claim to be an evangelical. But the truth of the matter is, that's more a political term today than it is a salvation term. So if 71% of the United States of America is not born again, can you understand why there might be a few problems? So what's the solution? Well, let's get some picket signs. Let's, let's get some new fa You know, whatever you all want to do is fine. But I think where I want to start is I want to get back to the basics of the Bible. And the first thing I want to do is I'm going to pray for them. Because I believe as a righteous man that when I pray, things happen. When I pray, the power of God is made available. When I pray, God is able to do something. All right? And so then there's all kinds of prayers then. And one of those kind of prayers is the prayer of intercession. And so the first thing I need you to know is that Jesus is the chief intercessor. 
That is part of his high priestly duty, not only as the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, not only the high priest of your confession or profession, he is a high priest who ever lives. He's ever living to make intercession. In other words, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, and so he's praying. I said this before, and it's true. My mamaw used to say this. She said, well, if I can't get nobody to pray for me, I know Jesus is praying for me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? That should comfort you. And and that intercession is going on. That prayer is going on. And so I want to get into, I want to talk to you about the prayer of intercession. Now, in charismatic uh, Pentecostal tongue-talking circles, when you hear the word intercession, most people automatically think of groaning and travailing in other tongues. But it doesn't have to start there. And it doesn't always, what happens is when people think that's all it is, it gets off into error. Because it's like everything with the Holy Ghost. You, if you try to make or force something happen in the Spirit, it's like, um, it's like someone, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where someone who doesn't really have a tongue and interpretation gives a tongue and then, and then just says something. You should in your heart know, ah, not really. You know what I mean? You should really know that really wasn't inspired. So why would the Lord allow that? Well, just when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can talk in tongues whenever you want to. I remember this one church I was visiting one time. I think I visited three times, and the same two people had the same two-tongue interpretation every service on Sunday morning. Hmm. So with 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 types of prayer, that's why not necessarily every. you can't, what I saw happen some 25, 30 years ago is people began to get in a rut and every meeting was called, every prayer meeting was called intercession. And then people began to push it. And then they, something happened traumatic, uh, big kind of one place and then everybody tried to copy it, imitate it. And then it, it kind of messes it up. So we have to follow the Holy Ghost in everything we do. And we have to be people of the word in everything we do. And so what I want to teach you on prayer is let's, not, let's look at something. Um, so let's look at a couple um, New Testament uh, prayers. So let's look at first at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Hallelujah. Y'all stay hooked with me. Glory to God. Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, for we know what, not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, how many of you know there are things that even when you're praying for someone who's lost, when you're praying for a city, when you're praying for a nation, the Bible says some things. There's some scriptures you can use. Uh, it says, uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And, so, and what it ended up, God says he would, he would forgive us and heal their land. What is that? That's a prayer of intercession. It's a prayer of intercession. Um, so here... Um, you can pray some things, but then you get to a point where you don't know how you should pray for as you ought. But you have someone on the inside of you, if you'll yield to him, he can help you finish it out strong. I tell people this, especially when I lead prayer, uh, it's the safest thing you can do to get into the realm of spirit. Jesus said this, he said, my words are spirit and their life. One of the safest ways and the best way to get into a deep place in the spirit is first with the word of God. Amen. Don't give up. It's not over. (laughs) It's not over. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> there shall be a performance. <laughs> kind of stuck right here. Hallelujah. Anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Whew. So, uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Never over till you say it's over. And we say it's not over. Because we always win. The best. It's the highest and the best. It's the plan of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he helps our infirmities, and we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now listen, I'll just stop here. You can't teach people to groan. I've been in places where they try to teach people to groan. If that happens, you should run. You should get out. I mean, let me just tell you this. I don't know this by experience, but when a woman's having a baby, nobody got to teach her nothing about groaning. When you're in intercession for someone, sometimes, you know, I was telling them at noon prayer today, um, you know, groanings and travailing, um, it's just a place where even in tongues, you just can't utter it out. It happens, but it doesn't always have to be, uh, like today we were praying something. I got to a scripture. I said one word and we laughed in the Holy Ghost for the rest of the thing. But what was that? Well, that's just joy and laughter. No, sometimes that's part of the, you don't think of it as travailing, but really what was happening today, we was pulling some people out of darkness into joy, and we just got to enjoy it as prayers, and we had us a time, and that was a little bit, it was just, that was just a small part of what happened today at noon prayer, (laughs) hallelujah, Uh, so, and he searches the heart, knows what the mind and spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I would tell you this, you know, when you pray in other tongues, 
Um, and thank God, uh, y'all, are you grateful for being filled with the Holy Ghost? There are so many benefits to pray uh, to being filled with the Holy Ghost. You can build yourself up in your most holy faith. Every born-again believer ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you talk to Jesus, he wouldn't call it an option. He wouldn't call it an option. He told them, you know, you can't do this without being endued with power from on high. It wasn't an option. for. He's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. It's not optional to him. He's available to baptize everybody with the Holy Ghost and fire. The church made it optional. Jesus didn't make it optional. It's not, it's not salvation, but it's important. Why? Because there's everything that goes with it. Um, you know, you can build yourself up, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray out mysteries. Pastor Ron and I, when we go away, pray for you, pray for the church, pray for vision. Um, man, the stuff we've prayed out. John 16, 13 you pr- shows you things to come. Um, interpret what you're praying out. You can know things. It's good. But then here, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, um, you may be praying for a particular person. You may be praying for a city. You may be praying for a nation. And I know you and I, are, we are all smart as can be, aren't we? And we think we know. Have you ever told God how to fix things? I'm a big to-do lister. (laughs) Um, I could give him a list of how I think he ought to do it. But, you know, he doesn't really need my help. He needs my obedience. And a lot of times when I pray, and how many know when you pray in other tongues, your spirit prays. Sometimes, and most of the time, your mind is unfruitful. But when you're interceding for someone or interceding for a city or a nation or a cause or a group of people or something, and you've, you, know, you start with the Word of God, and that gets you in the Spirit, then you begin to pray. You don't know what else to pray. You prayed the Word, and so now you grab a hold, and the Holy Ghost will take a hold together with you against. He'll take a hold together with you against. That's what this word here means. He'll take a hold together with you against. And then you'll pray that out. And then sometimes it'll turn into groanings and travail. And, and then yet, um, he, because when you pray, and even if you're on a prayer project, it shouldn't, that groaning travail doesn't make you heavy. doesn't make you sad. Well, I've just got a heavy burden. We'll give it to Jesus. Well, I just got a prayer burden. We'll pray it out. Because you're not supposed to be walking around like you've been sucking on lemons. You're not supposed to be sad. You're not supposed to be mad. You're not supposed to be down. You're supposed to be up. How do you get there? Well, just pray it all the way through. Just pray it all the way through. Even if you're on a project over a period of time, then you just pray it all the way through. Let's look at this one. Let's see if we can do this. 1 Timothy. Oh, this is a fun scripture these days. 1 Timothy. um, Chapter number 2. Verse number 1. I exhort, therefore... Well, first of all, Paul's writing to Timothy. So he's writing to the church. Timothy is the pastor of Ephesus, to the church. And so he said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, so he's writing to a pastor. He's writing to Christians. And so this is in here. So he's, everybody say, he's, he's writing to me. So does this apply to you? I exhort, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications. What is supplication? That is an intense prayer usually prayed for believers. So the first kind of prayer he exhorts you to pray is the prayer of supplication. It's very intense. It's not casual. It's very intense. 
Uh, it's kind of like when Paul prayed that, um, that uh, I, I pray for you again, uh, that, uh, you, you know, he's like when he prayed for someone, he was a believer. He's pulling the, that Christ may be formed in you. In other words, they're already a believer, but he's praying that back into them. So that's supplication. And, and you can on purpose, you know, someone who knows the Lord, you know they know the Lord, but they kind of lost the love and feeling. They've lost their first love. That would be you supplicating for them in a technical way. But, you know, you can get all caught up in that. Prayers. That's just, you know, Jesus went away. He prayed. He went away to the mountains. He went away to the desert. He went away and, and by, to the wilderness, and he prayed. Just that's you. Just, prayer is just you communing with God. So I'm communing. So it's, first of all, I'm going to supplicate. I'm going to have an intense prayer for someone who's a person of the faith. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God about it. And then uh, it says intercession. Or, or I'm going to go to someone on behalf of, of, of someone or something who doesn't care anything about God right now. Who's not checking in with headquarters. Now watch this. Intercessions and giving of thanks. Well, you know, and then let's finish it out and then I'll come back to that. And giving of thanks be made for how many men? How many is all? So you're let off the hook because you don't like so and so. Huh. Uh, for kings. Aren't you glad we don't have... I know Pastor Rondo, she loves to keep up with them England people over there, but I'm grateful we don't have any of them. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't know what the fuss is. All right, so anyway, uh, the kings. And for how many that are in authority? How many? You know, when I go, pre- when I go preach this in Chile, and I have. When I preach this in Taiwan, and I have. When I preach this in India, and I have. When I preach this in Nepal, I really have. All means all. And a lot of countries I go to, um, they have, um, they put people into office, some through election. Um, You know, let's just say, we won't pick out the nation, and I'm sure you don't know which one I'm talking about. But let's say 95% of them are a certain way, and a 5% minority are Christians, and they have elections. How many of you know, um, it's probably never going to be possible for them to have a Christian president, prime minister, unless God does a miracle, which he can but do you know how people vote? With their will. Because you may have thought this. I'm treading on some ice and I don't really care. You can go into a voting booth. How many of you go into a voting booth and you vote for one person and God doesn't like that? And so he erases that and votes for somebody else. He has an angel stationed at every place. And in case you vote wrong, he's going to change it. Because that's how it works, right? Because that's how God works. He's unjust. Please. So, I don't use this term anymore. But in the nations of the world where I go, it is what it is. And who's at the top is at the top. But we're not stuck with that, their agenda, their outcome, if I'm a believer and I know how to pray. If I'm a believer and I know how to pray. One of the worst things you could ever stop doing is praying. 
Now, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Everybody say all. How many would love a quiet and peaceable life? <laughs> How many would really love a quiet and peaceable life? How do you get it? Well, make sure all the right people are in all the right places. That's not what the scripture says. Well, we can't have a quiet and peaceable life until everything's just right. Well, then, you know what? I'm just going to quit flying anywhere else in the world because they're never going to be able to get there. Why would I get their hopes up? But see, that's not true. The truth of the matter is, if a believer, one in a billion, will pray, God can move. It may not be how we think it could be, but God can move and protect and watch over and shift and shake and bake and do all kinds of stuff. We have to keep on task. Because he says, for this is good. I'm going to come back to some of it. For this is good. Oh, wait. oh man, I got to hurt. I understand it now. You want to teach on prayer because it's so good, and then you don't have any time to pray. I get it. Okay. Um, for it's good and acceptable. Now, I'm not going to complain about those people anymore because I am one of them. All right. For it's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be. God, I want to get, I want to get people saved. When I was in my mother's womb, I was ordained to live in a time and see lots of people get saved. So are you. We'll have all men to be saved, come to the knowledge of the truth, come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's not just getting saved, but it's also coming to a knowledge of the truth. Not your truth. Not your persuasion. The truth. For there is... One God. And then look at this. This all goes together. One mediator. What are we talking about? Intercession. One mediator between God and man. That is the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be, uh, be testified in due time. So this is what we're going to do. So on noon prayer, we do a first of all wall. I don't know that we're going to put that up. I don't think I want to. But, but I want you to see this. How does this work? So no matter who the leader is, let's say we're blessed and it is somebody who is a professed, strong, born-again Christian. And let's just say we're in, um, we're in uh, an African nation, and there is one, where the president is a spirit-filled Holy Ghost man, makes decisions after he prays. So we would be supplicating for him. We would be adding our supply of the Spirit to him, our born-again, filled with the Holy Ghost president who knows the voice of God. That's awesome. So you supplicate. But if he's not in office anymore, and the next time you get someone who's of a different religion, oh, I'm just not going to pray anymore. No? No? So then you move the category. And I've never taught this before like this because I never had this revelation quite like this until about, what time is it? <laughs> Prayers. I'm going to talk to God about him. Her. Him or her. I'm, going to talk to, I'm just going to talk to God about it. I'm going to pray. Me and him are going to commune about it. I'm going to plead my case to the Lord, and he's going to talk to me about it. What's my part? What do I do? Then some people, you're going to have to make intercession because they're not listening to God. They don't care nothing about God. They don't believe in your God. They don't like your God. 
And they're going to make decisions contrary to the word of God, which you believe in. So what do we do? Well, we just give up. No, you better intercede. And it's more than just praying for their salvation. You're, you're praying for a seat. You're praying for a seat that affects your life. You're, you're praying. You say, well, but with God, if you really do it the right way, if you really intercede, God can intervene and do things, you know. So, so that, that, that gets, and then this next one, though, I, never, I, I was like, Lord. And giving of thanks. Well, I don't really like them. <laughs> but it's like this. If you got a diagnosis of a disease, the Bible says, in all things give thanks. For all things give thanks. We'll just use it. It's easy. If you got a diagnosis of cancer, you don't go around saying, thank you, Lord, for cancer. Thank you, Lord, for cancer. A lot of people believe that's what you do. That's what he's talking about. That's not what you do. Thank, if you got a diagnosis of that, how do you give thanks in that? I thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you are the healer. I believe I've been delivered from cancer by the stripes of Jesus. I mean, thank you, Lord. That's how you give thanks in that situation. The same thing here. For all men, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Well, you can pray for their salvation. You can pray uh, that God will intervene. You can pray. But, but still, you give thanks for them. And when you do this and you don't let um, other things come out of your mouth and you do this, what do you set yourself up for? What do you set you, you individually set yourself up for a good and acceptable, <laughs> this is good and acceptable inside of God. What do, you, what do you set yourself up for? Well, I'm setting myself up that God can use me to get people born again. How is this work together? I haven't totally figured that out. All I just know is it's written that way. And since it's written that way, and I want to see people born again, I'm going to keep doing it. Amen? Because um, I want to see some people saved. There is nothing that trips my trigger or cranks my tractor any better than seeing on Sunday morning when someone lifts their hand and says, I want to be born again. I want to come back to the Lord. And then I get it back when we get, and then when they take them to the back and they get them filled with the Holy Ghost. I like those good reports I get on Monday morning about how many people got filled with the Holy Ghost. It's going to increase more and more and more and more and more. Because we're still doing what the Word of God said do. We're still doing what the Word of God said do. So I expect the results that the Word of God says we can have. Why? Because there's one God... I'm going to have people getting saved. People are, I, the truth is going to flow here. Revelation knowledge is going to flow here. When people walk onto this campus, wisdom of God is going to come to them. Answers to questions that they've had for years. Marriage is instantly restored because both of them open their eyes and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, oh, okay. I got it now. Why? Because we're doing this. It's simple. We're going to keep doing it. <laughs> for there's one God, one meter between God, man, man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Amen. All right, you'll do better standing up. We got to go. All right, Psalms 2.8 says what? What does Psalms 2.8 says? It says, ask. Ask of the Lord a harvest. Ask, ask, ask. Ask of the Lord, Psalms 2.8. It says, ask, 
for the heathen? Ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. So just as much as healing is your inheritance, just as much as prosperity is your inheritance, just as much as everything salvation is is your inheritance. So I want you to think about this. We're going to start you off small. But we're going to build on this on Wednesday nights for, for a little while. But I want to start you off small. I want you to think of somebody. And maybe that word heathen, you don't like that word. I don't want to call nobody a heathen. Well, it just means someone who's not born again. Do you know anybody who's not born again? Do you know anyone who's back away from God? So what are we supposed to do? Ask of me. And I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. In other words, Jesus already paid a high price for this, but he needs somebody to ask. I said he needs somebody to ask. So I want you as we pray. We're not going to do it for very long, but I do want you to do this. I want, because I want you to begin to see the results of it. Um, I want you to ask specifically for someone. So whether that's a coworker, a neighbor, a family member. Um, someone, you know, your, your kids are at football practice and it's, it's one of the parents. I want you to get really specific with God. Because see, if, you get, if you're general, how you know, how you know he, he heard you? How you know you got it? So I'm just asking you to do one. Think of one person that's not born again or away from God. And God said, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. And then in Matthew, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray the Lord of hearts. So we're going to pray to Father, who is the farmer, the husbandman, who's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He said, uh, ask you, the Lord of the harvest, to send forth laborers. And so what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray. If you want to use me as a laborer, great. But if not, I, I've made a way for a laborer to come. Somebody's going to come and minister to them. But it's going to start with us praying. Now, I'm going to have to pray general because I can't pray all over everybody's thing, but I'm going to think of some people too, but I'm on a microphone, and so I'm not going to say it out loud. But, um, man, i got to come from a big old family, hallelujah, and they're all coming in one by one. <laughs> they're even tuning in. Hey, y'all. And so, um, so, so I want you to pray. I'm going to pray a general prayer, but I want you to pray someone. And, and nobody's going to know who that is, but so you can talk it out loud, uh, call their name. If you don't know their name, hey, that person that I always bump into at the copy machine. Whatever it is, hallelujah, go. Father, we just come in the name of Jesus, and you said ask. You said ask. We're talking about intercession, Lord. And you said ask. You said ask. And so we ask. We ask for that person. We ask for that person. They're part of our inheritance. And so we thank you. The heathen are part of our inheritance. So we claim them. And so in, in helping them, Father, I send laborers across their path. We send laborers across the path of every person that, every, that everyone in this room is talking to you about, that everybody that's watching is talking to you about, that one person. So I send forth laborers. Uh, you are the, the, the Lord of the harvest. And so we send laborers into the harvest field, whether we're that labor for that person or not. But Lord, we're available to be laborers. We're available to be laborers. We're available to be laborers. We're laborers. We're ministers of reconciliation. So we ask to, I ask you to thrust forth this church into the harvest field in, in North Alabama and Southern Tennessee. I thank you, Father, that you're sending us forth in Jesus' name. So we pray for the lost. We pray for those that are backslidden. We pray for the one uh, that have left the 99, but that one that's off there by themselves, 
ones that ought to be back with the, with the, in, in the fold. And so we pray for them. We pray for them. I command the blinders to come off of their eyes. I command the blinders that the God of this world has put on their eyes. I demand it to come off in Jesus' name, that the light of the glorious gospel would go into them. I command them to come out of the prison house. I command them to come out of darkness. I command them to come out of darkness when the word of God is ministered to them, when the word of God is spoken to them, when the word of God comes across their path, the light of the word of God will come to them. It'll illuminate. It'll illuminate. It'll illuminate. It'll illuminate. And I thank you, Father, lives will be changed. Lives will be changed. Lives will be changed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now just pray in tongues a little bit for him. Hallelujah. If you already have been, that person, get them in your heart. Get them in your mind. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Out of the house, out of the prison house, into the gospel into the good news celebrate hallelujah 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 coming out of darkness into light coming out of darkness into light there yeah yeah bright light bright light city on a hill city on a hill city on a hill city on a hill bright light bright light hallelujah and the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the goodness and the goodness your goodness being revealed your goodness being revealed to them each and every one your goodness your goodness your goodness your mercy. You're the father of mercies and your goodness and your kindness is causing them, bringing them to repentance. We thank you for it. 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 We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now this is what I want you to do every time the rest of this week till we get back here next Wednesday. I want you, when I want that person, all I want you to do if you feel like you need to pray a little more for them in other tongues, that's great. But from now on, you know that God heard you when you prayed. Thank you. And then you change it to this. Thank you, Lord. You are sending laborers across their path. I, I believe you heard me when I prayed, so I know labor. If you want me to go, send me. If you want me to say something, tell me what to say. You give me, give me a word in due season. Help me. But, Lord, I, I know you heard me. I know you heard me. And then you feel like something's going on. I, said, I took authority over the blinders off their eyes. I, I took it. I already took it. I already took that authority. It, the ha eyes have to be open. Eyes have to be open. Amen. And, and you know, uh, even if it's someone close to you and they get a little rowdy, you just might know the Lord's working. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You just might know he's working. There may be somebody close to you and they're a little irritable. Well, just keep praying. Hallelujah. Just keep believing. Keep thanking God. If it's someone you know real well, hey, I'm going to church. You want to go? Maybe they've said no a hundred times. Maybe one-on-one they'll say, all right. There's a story Brother Hagin tells about a woman, a wife, that she just pestered her husband just on and on and on and on and on. Never would go, never would go. And then uh, she just gave up. And that morning when she came home from church, he said, if you'd have asked me today, I was going to go. She's just never going to give up. Come on, we just can't give up. I just can't give up. I'll just remind you of this. I wouldn't be here if my sister wasn't <laughs> tenacious. <laughs> Unbending. <laughs> Sassy. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Amen. Grab a hold of somebody. Y'all know this works. Um, I am a result of it. I was away from God. My sister got filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a group of praying people in that little church in Paris, Illinois, and she got them all to pray. They were praying for me and praying for me, praying for me, because I was away from God, backslidden, lost, grateful, so grateful. I went to church. Listen, I went to church to get her to shut up. It's the only reason I went. I promise you it's the only reason I went, to make her shut up, to fulfill my promise. I had never intended to go again. I never intended to go again. Here I is. And I never intend to leave now. Amen. You don't know what the person you're praying for, what God's got in store for them. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.